Welcome to Collector's Quest. On episode 16, we chat with At They Call Me Solo about his collection, how he started in gaming, and what made him want to start collecting. Hey everybody, welcome back to another edition of Collector's Quest. This is episode 16, and I'm here with my co-host as always, Kat. Hey, how's it going? Good, how are you? I'm doing pretty well, but I don't want to talk about me too much because we have a guest today. Are you aware of the guest? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Well, I would hope so. We talked about it before this. Anyways, we're here with They Call Me Solo from Instagram. You may have heard of him or seen several of his posts. He posts a lot of Nintendo 64 stuff, and he's here with us today. Hey, Justin, how's it going? I'm doing well, Johnny and Cap. Thank you for having me. And just so you know, I am aware that we're having you on the show. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I, 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 I was hoping so. <laughs> well, we did all talk for like two minutes before this, so... I'm assuming you understood that that wasn't just me talking. Yeah, no, I know, I got it, I got it. But just, just to clarify any confusion we have going on there, I do know what's going on today. Cat is aware she's alive. She's she's live and she's ready to go and she's ready to talk to Justin, right, Cat? Yeah, yes, I am. So, uh, Justin, I guess the starting point, which we all want to know about, is what started you gaming? What was your earliest memory that kind of set you on the track to develop a love for games? Uh, I would have to say, well, okay, so I was born in 86, and so by that point, the NES was about three years old, and my dad had an NES, and the only three games that I can remember playing on there were Mario, um, Duck Hunt, and uh, Wild Gummin, and Wild Gummin was the one that I played the most. I love Wild so, Gummin. Oh, such a good game. Such a good game. And then, I guess, obviously, I played Mario 2 and 3, so, you know, five games, whatever. And uh, after that, we got a Super Nintendo, and the only games I really played on that were Super Mario World and Turtles in Time, which is possibly my all-time favorite game, either that or Mario 64. Mm, um, that's a good pick. Well, and we just... Yeah. Our last guest, Steve... He, he also claims that Turtles in Time is in, you know, his top four for Super Nintendo. I just feel like it's okay. Oh, I, come on. I'm just, I, 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 yeah. Go, go ahead. ahead. Oh, no, I'm just trolling uh, Turtle fans. <laughs> I, I absolutely love it. Um, did you know that they did a, a remake of it? I think it was for Xbox. I, you know, I did, and it got awful reviews, and I didn't try it. But then I heard a bunch of people say, uh, like, who love the game, that they were okay with it. So I'm really unsure on what to feel or believe about that don't play it no <laughs> okay nope. it's it's really terrible uh i just love the original so much that what they did with the graphics it just i i wasn't it, it's it was like a cheap remake it wasn't like they remade it and you're like oh this is awesome it's just like oh they kind of slapped it together just to remake it that's so. too that's too bad there was a lot of good remakes on xbox like uh and we like they did a blaster master one that was really good on yeah. the wii and they did a Castlevania Adventure remake. And the Bionic Commando remake on Xbox is amazing. Yeah. So um, just, um, but uh, yeah, sometimes this, the follow-up doesn't uh, quite live up to the original memory. Yeah, absolutely not. Um, so I guess to um, further your original question, after the Super Nintendo, obviously I got a Nintendo 64. And Mario 64 was my main main game that Mario Kart and Beetle Adventure Racing. A lot of people don't even know what Beetle Adventure Racing is and it's my second favorite racing game behind Mario Kart on the on the system. Have either one of you played it? I have not. I have heard it is awesome though from a few people. Um but I I have it. I should probably play it, but I guess I get stuck in the kind of if I'm going to play something I tend to play uh Mario Kart. What about you, Johnny? Yeah, I've played it. I mean, I haven't spent too much time with it, but I did mm. have a friend who had it. I missed a lot of Nintendo 64 stuff as it came out because that was when I was in the military. So Gaming was a little bit harder than that. Not just in the military, but when it was like hitting its peak, I was in boot camp and uh, training for a year and a half. So I was kind of locked away from games. Oh, well, that's sad. But you could make up for it now because I'm sure that you have it. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, as I have a complete Nintendo 64 set, uh, yes, Beetle Racing, Adventure Racing is in there. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> fair enough. 
So would you say that the N64 kind of ended up being a favorite for you? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, because it, at this point, um, I, I literally have one NES game and zero Super Nintendo games. And every I have a complete Nintendo 64 set, so that should tell you something. <laughs> so that was the system that I guess it's safe to say that probably made you start to want to collect. Yeah, yeah, it it absolutely is, and um, it was I, probably about four years ago. I was just on eBay looking around at stuff, and I was looking at you know Nintendo systems, and I saw a Nintendo sixty four, and I was like, hey, I need to buy one of those. I need to get you know all these old games that I used to play. So I bought a bundle, and it came with a sixty four, uh, one or two controllers. I don't really remember, and then it came with Rugrats in Paris. It came with Mario Kart and Beetle Adventure Racing and Pokemon Snap. Oh, and awesome. Yes, absolutely. Pokemon Snap's another sleeper game that uh, I think is really underappreciated. It's just fantastic. Um, but I got that, and then I started remembering all these other games. So I was doing research online. I was just, you know, I looked up the list of all the games and I just, I was making good money. So I just started buying them, just buying them all. And back then, five years ago, they weren't, but you know, half of what they're priced at today. So, um, it wasn't as bad of a price point. So I probably bought, you know, 30 or 40 games in a week and that just kind of kept evolving. I just kept wanting more and more. Um, and then after the games, I started remembering the controllers and the main one that I wanted when I first started collecting was the DK 64 controller that looks like a banana. Okay. Um, yeah. Yeah. Cause that, that was one that I had as a kid I have no idea how I got it. Cause I'm pretty sure you had to order it from Nintendo power. So I guess my mom did that or something. I don't know. But so I, you know, I got that and then I started seeing all these other variations that I had no idea existed. So I started buying all of those. And it just kind of turned into an obsession for a, for a little while. I was just buying everything. Um, but I was smart about it. You know, th that's one thing that I get DMs from people all the time asking me, what are my tips on collecting this and that? And I tell them, never pay market value unless you absolutely have to. You know, if it's like a sculptor's cut or something like that, and there's just no other option. Um you got to trade as much as you can. And personally, uh, you know, a lot of people don't do this cause they don't like people that do it, but I resell. Okay. Um, yeah. I saw it like, you know, those little world of Nintendo figures. Yes. Uh, so there are three Walgreens exclusives and I went around to all the Walgreens and I found like eight of them and I, sold them all. I mean, they're five bucks a piece. I threw them up on eBay for 99 cents each and people just bit them up. So I do stuff like that. I'll go to Goodwill, buy stuff for cheap and then sell it online. And that's how I've funded the majority of my collection. I don't okay. have, yeah, I don't have very much money in, in my collection, like out of pocket. Um, you know, I mean, there's certain things that I shelled out for like the 64 DD and, um, you know, the Millennium 2000 controller, stuff like that. But for the most part, you know, you just got to be smart about uh, doing it. You can't just, you know, spend all your money on it. So, yeah. I think that's a, a fair point, too, because everybody collects a little bit differently. And I think it's interesting to find out how people have built their collections. And uh, for me, I really like to hunt for games. Like, it doesn't happen very often anymore to find things in the wild. Um, mm -hmm. like we used to, but that was kind of my thing. So it's interesting that everybody does it a little bit differently. So is there anything that you're really focused on now that, of course, you've completed the, the set of games? Is there, are you moving on to different N64 things? Are there any, 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 oh my goodness, any N64 things you haven't collected? Oh yeah, there, there's a, a lot of stuff that I have not collected. Uh, I don't think that I'll ever go for CIB games. Um, that's just not not on my radar. Um, okay. And real quick before I answer your, your question, I recently uh, just found out 
that there is actually a 297th game in the NTSC library. It is um, also a PAL game, um, which for anyone listening who doesn't know what that is, it's a European game, um, F1 Racing. And like I said, there's a PAL version, but I got this other version in a lot uh, within this last week, and it is from Brazil. And obviously Brazil's in South America, so that still classifies it as an NTSC cart, which technically makes the library 297. Oh, interesting. Yeah, that's just an interesting little factoid um, for anyone that's that's interested and uh, is a serial completionist like myself. Um, but yeah, so to answer your main question, I am focusing this year on the European and Japanese exclusive games and name variants. Okay. Um, yeah, so I've got all of the PAL exclusives and name variants except for five. There's five that I'm missing currently, and I'm in no rush to get them because they're readily available on, on eBay, which is pretty okay. much the only place I'm going to be able to find them. And um, I am also trying to get all 13 gray variant cartridges for the Nintendo 64. Um, a lot of people think there's 12, but it was recently discovered in the last three to four months that there was an uh, exclusive Mexican re-release of WCW Backstage Assault, which was a blue cartridge. Okay. And they re-released it in Mexico in a gray cartridge. So instead of 12 gray variants, there are now 13. So that is also on my radar. And I only need two to complete that. I need the backstage assault and I need Rugrats in Paris. Those are the so, only two left. <clears throat> so when you expand your collection beyond the, uh, you know, your original set that you started with and controllers and everything, do you think it'll stay mainly with N64 stuff? And then when you run over to it, you're just done or will you ever think about moving on to something else? Well, here's the thing. There's so much stuff for the Nintendo 64 that, I feel like I could collect for the next 10 years steadily and still not, you know, have all of it. Um, I'm real big into third party controllers also. Okay. Um, and there's several of those that I, I, I still don't have. And that, that's one of those things that could just keep going on and on forever because so many companies tried to, you know, make their own version of the controller. And um, the ones that I really want, there's only three of them that I, I don't currently have, and they were all UK releases, so those will be a little tougher to get. Um, but if I did reach a point where I was just... I, I didn't have anything else to um, collect for the 64, then if I had to go somewhere else, it would be Super Nintendo. Okay, that's fair. Yeah, that's definitely my... Second favorite system tied with the uh, PlayStation One. Um, I have fond memories of both of those, so it would be it would be one or the other. Yeah, Super Nintendo is a, a tough road to go down, especially right mm-hmm. now. It's so overpriced and overhyped. You know, I think yes. it's starting to to cool off a little as far as interest, but I don't feel like the prices have really come down at all. No, I, I completely agree with you, and I don't see the prices coming down anytime soon. Like when I say soon, I'm talking in the next like ten or fifteen years. I just, you know, video games—they're not like baseball cards. You know, the value in baseball cards fluctuates all the time. I don't think video games are anything of the like. I think they're in a class of collectible completely by themselves, um, because I feel that there's more nostalgia associated with video games than almost any other thing that you can collect. Um, because we spent so many hours, you know, on, on all of the games. And, uh, you know, I just, I don't see, I don't see it going anywhere. The price might, you know, stay the same or, you know, cool down a little bit, maybe on the rarer games, but overall I just don't see it going anywhere. 
Um, I, I had a follow-up question to what Kat was asking about as far as collecting. Um, are you aware, I'm sure you are aware, of the, the Australian exclusive F1 performance pack? Do you have any desire to grab that? The, the F1 performance pack, what, what exactly does that entail? Well, it, it's a bigger box and has it comes with like a steering wheel and it was Australia only and it was a million seller title. But it it looks pretty much like the USA box, except it's got the little square, the white square on the right-hand corner right, with right. the G in it. Yeah, but it's okay. called the Performance Pack, and it was a limited edition with the wheel in the game. Okay, I actually don't think that I've heard of that. Um, oh, yeah, well, it's kind of expensive. If you look on eBay, um, it's F1 World Grand Prix. Oh, I have F1. never heard of it. <laughs> F1, okay, I, I thought that you were talking about the F1 racing that I was just talking about, no, but no, no I, I still I still have not heard of that, so okay. that's really interesting. What is the full, uh, of that uh, uh, Brazilian one, what is the full title of that one? That one, let's see, I've got it right here, it is, it's it's just uh, F1 Racing Championship. F1 Racing Championship, okay. Yeah, yeah uh, and... <clears throat> If mm-hmm. you have a chance, check that limited edition out because not I, you know, I in the USA I don't see too many collectors with it. It is a little bit expensive, but if you're working towards something, uh, I, I see this one around very rarely, and it's it's pretty awesome. It's a cool looking box. I thought about getting it myself a few times. Yeah, I'll definitely have to check that out. And uh, one more thing that I'm uh, focusing on before I forget is the uh, ASCII turbo controllers. I've got nine out of the um supposed 13 um i still think there's one more out there but uh yeah i've got nine of the 13 and the last four are going to be really hard to come by because i've literally never seen any of them for sale there's a um there's a white one there's a metallic black there is a uh what is it it's a clear front with a a blue back shell um Actually, I've got eight, eight of the thirteen, and then there's also a mauve. It's kind of a like a purplish um, finish, so it's uh, it's pretty neat. But like I said, I've never seen any of those for sale, so it's going to be tough sledding. Um, interesting. They're, yeah, yeah, it's 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 really interesting, you know. And I I tried to find information on the company, but it's incredibly hard. It's a Japanese company, and they were. Um, they started to dissolve. I was actually looking it up today. Funny enough, they started to dissolve, uh, in 2006 and then they dissolved it for good in 2010 and turned it into something else. So it's pretty much impossible to find any information on them. So that'll be kind of like a a golden egg when, if you come across those or can (laughs) hunt them down. Oh yeah. Yeah. And see, uh, you know, eBay is literally the only place that I'm going to find them. I mean, I could go find them probably on a Japanese auction site, but you know I can't read Japanese, so that's a kind of a hindrance for me buying anything. That's fair then. Um, well, I have an interesting question. If you had to pick one thing out of your entire collection that is your like end-all, be-all favorite piece, do you have one, or is it impossible to narrow it down to one? Oh no, it's very easy. It's, uh, that's that's actually probably the easiest question that you could ask me. Um, so. There was um, this guy who was on a lot of forums. Johnny, you might remember him. Uh, he went by the Juice. Remember him? Yeah, I'm not sure if I've heard of the Juice. It sounds familiar, but I would have to. A lot of times, I don't remember names. I remember profile pictures. So I would. Okay. Have to, I'll have to look and see. I got you. Yeah, he was on. Uh, I know he was on uh, N64 Forever. He, he might have been on Nintendo Age. Anyway, he's uh, he's got an Instagram also, and uh, about a year, year and a half ago, that was probably about a year, he liquidated his entire collection. He had some great, great stuff, and one of the things that he had was a Nintendo employee set. Now, in this, uh, the guy's name is Hiroto Alexander, and he... I, I researched him a little bit, and basically what he was was uh, he still works for him. In the 90s and in the 80s, he was basically a quality control person overseeing the release of video games. And he did, he oversaw stuff with uh, Ocarina of Time, with Star Fox 64, and a bunch of other games. And um, anyway, 
what I got from the juice was um, a an embroidered Nintendo 64 jacket with the Nintendo 64 logo, and then there's a Letterman type of jacket. It's gray uh, material with leather black leather sleeves, and it's got an N on the front, and then it's got 99 uh, beside the lower left pocket. And um, it's all embroidered. It's got Hiroto embroidered on the front. Um, on the back, it says uh, the bug stops here, and it's got like a roach leaning up against um, the circle with like a little cane or something. Um, and it also came with a coffee mug that says Nintendo product testing. It's got the roach leaning up against the trash can. But the thing in that package that is my end-all be-all, as Kat so eloquently put it, is <laughs> a Nintendo 64 controller that's the two-tone black and gray like the Hello Mac, Jeffrey, or the Mario Kart controller. And it is engraved. It says, Product Testing 99, Hiroto Alexander. It's engraved in silver. And that was his personal controller that was given to him in 1999, as part of the product testing team, and supposedly there were 13 people on that product testing team, so only 13 people got one, and I've never seen another one ever, and I don't know anyone who has, and this one's literally one of a kind because it's his. But oh, supposedly, that's really neat. Yeah, yeah that's yeah, an awesome it, item. Yeah, it, it, it really is, and I, I still can't believe that I have it, you know, I mean... Because there are a ton of people out there with way better collections than mine. You know, I, I'm small time compared to, you know, a lot of people like you, Johnny, and uh, Lithium, and, you know, N64 guy, and some other people out there. But uh, this is the one thing that I will always have that is just a, a piece that only I will own. And I just, I think that's that's really awesome, you know, to have something that only one person can have. Yeah, that's really unique. I, I like that it's something that most people probably haven't heard of or don't know about, which is even more interesting, I think. Oh, a absolutely. I mean, I had no idea. I had no idea that anything like that existed before I started talking to the Juice, and he, you know, was telling me he was selling his collection, told me what he had, and, uh, you know, I, I paid, you know, a, a pretty penny for it, but, uh, you know, I, I don't know that there's, you know... A, a price that that someone could could offer me to take it off my hands. <laughs> well, that's fair. That's a really cool item and, and something certainly like I've never heard of or didn't know existed. Yeah, yeah, I, and I, I'd only seen it because I saw a picture of it on your account. Yeah, yeah, and I, just the the history behind it makes it that much cooler. You know, it's it's not just the fact that the guy worked in Nintendo; it's the fact that he worked at Nintendo. And worked on games like Zelda and Star Fox, and the, the the list the list went on and on. But those were the two biggest profile games that he had, uh, worked quality control on. Oh, that's awesome! I like that. There's such a story to go with it too. Yeah, absolutely. The story the story behind items is always what 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 uh, really sets it apart. Yeah, well, that's really interesting. Now, Johnny, do you have a favorite N64 item? Do I have a favorite N64 item? I do. Um, it's nothing super rare. I definitely have rarer items, but it is my gold Toys R Us exclusive N64 with two controllers. Awesome. That, that is, uh, you know, that is my favorite item uh, from the N64 set. Though I, I, I am also rather partial to uh, the gauntlet with the pewter figure in it. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, just because that one gauntlet is awesome. Two, uh, you know, I'm like a fantasy nerd, especially when I was a kid. So, so, like, I always used to think those little pewter figures were awesome of, like, wizards and warriors when you'd walk into the shops. I don't know. Maybe you guys aren't uh, old enough. But there would be, like, just, like, crystal shops around, and they'd have, like, pewter wizards and stuff. I was always like, those are awesome. And they had, like, pewter Star Wars figures for a, lot, a while, too. But, yeah, so the fact that Gauntlet has one is is pretty cool i also have the, the little pack that you could buy if you wrote them but there was like a card to send in to get like five other figures and then there was like another pack that i don't have i'm still trying to get a hold of 
Oh, awesome. That's a good pick. I mean, you can't go wrong with either of those items. Well, let's turn the question back to you. Do you have one? I mean, you have a pretty good Nintendo 64 collection going right now. Yeah, it's going slowly. Uh, My favorite item right now, probably just because it's new, is that I finally knocked off at least the cart for Sculptor's Cut, and the box is going to probably cost me a lot more than the cart did. I did really good on the cart, so... Um, that's my favorite just because it's new and it's something that I wasn't like actively looking for, which is, I mean, I'm always actively looking for it, but it wasn't a purchase that was supposed to happen that day. Fair enough. Yeah. So, uh, you know, it is a good one to pick up. I don't have like any real attachment to mine because I bought it so many years ago and there wasn't that much hype around it. Yeah, and that's that's fair, I guess. And the only other thing I really have a lot of attachment to, I would say, is I still have my original N64 from when I was younger. Not that it's anything great. It's just the basic N64 with the one gray controller and the one atomic purple one. But I still like it because it was my original one, and I played it a lot when I was younger. Well, that's a good enough reason for me. Yeah, it works for me. Absolutely. I've uh, I've still got my childhood uh, Super Nintendo, so I understand how you feel. Yeah. I, too, have my childhood Super Nintendo. There, There's a whole story that goes into that. Maybe we'll get into it one day. But, uh, yeah, that's as someone who's lost everything they owned multiple times, I don't even know how I still have this thing, but <laughs> I still have it. It's all busted up and filthy and cracked, but uh, I still have it. And it's important to keep Probably because still works too. Yeah, it made it. Yeah, it works. Nintendo shit is, I mean, they're tanks. You like, especially old Nintendo stuff. You could throw it off a mountain and it'd be fine. Oh yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah, I think some of the pieces, the odd thing I have that is still mine from when I was younger and I've actually held on to are some of my favorites, not because they're rare, just because I like the nostalgia behind it and those are even more nostalgic to me. Right, of course. <laughs> Which is, I like it. It works for me and, 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 you know, I like things that are really rare, but I also like things that have a story and then if you can have a controller that has an awesome story that's also rare, well, that's just even more fascinating. Absolutely. So how long have you been collecting, Justin? I'm just curious. I know you said like five years ago, I guess you got into it, but was that when you would say that you became a collector? Like that was the mark like five years ago or were you kind of slow? Like when was the point? You know, every gamer, every collector has like kind of that tipping point. Like I, you could say I started in like 2005, 2006, but really 2007, 2008 was a, a point in time for me, which all of a sudden I knew I was buying just to to collect. Like absolutely, not like even out of nostalgia anymore. Like I want to acquire this. Was that that was that that five year point for you? Five years ago? No, no, not at all. The the five year point was just when I bought the Nintendo 64, and, and you know over the course of that next. I would say probably a year. That's when I was really just buying the stuff that I remember playing. So I wasn't buying to collect. I was buying it because I wanted to play it again. And I think probably the tipping point for me was um, probably when I bought my first Nintendo Power 100 controller because I'd always told myself that I would never spend that amount of money on anything it's funny actually how it progressed the first thing that i was like oh i'll never spend that much money was on conquer's bad fur day and um that was that was about two and a half years ago to answer your question i've been collecting for about two and a half years and yeah and the conquer even two and a half years ago I, I i still ended up paying like 75 or 80 bucks for it which is still you know right about par of what it's going for. And um, then the next thing was the Power 100 controller, and I was like, I would never pay that much money for anything. <laughs> I ended up dropping, you know, <clears throat> 90 or 100 bucks. Then, uh, you know, next up was Sculptor's Cut, and I was like, oh, I'll never spend that much money on a game. And then I ended up dropping at that point, you know, it was about a year and a half ago, about 160 bucks, something like that for it. Um and it just progressed from there. But I, I would I would have to say when I bought that Nintendo Power Controller, I just I knew that I lost control basically, and that I needed to have all of the controllers. That that was my first goal was to have all 32 of the um, you know actual releases 
And to this day, the only one I don't have is the uh, gold Nintendo E3 controller from, uh, I guess it was 97, the, the 97 E3 conference. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's, uh, that's a tough Fox one. competition. Yeah. Yeah, it, it, yeah it's, it's really tough because there's a lot of fakes. And if you know what to look for, it's actually really easy to spot a fake. And um, I've only run into fakes so far. I've seen three or four. Well, that's a shame. What, what what do you look for? What to tell everybody else, like so they don't get burned? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, so the in the gold in on the controller is just a sticker. That's all it is. It's basically a, a eight hundred dollar sticker, and um, so the lines on it are all pretty much the same width and. The fake ones will have varying degrees of width within the w- within the end, and um, they'll be real skinny. Like the lines will be real skinny. Uh, it's it's easy if if you just if you go online and Google E three controller, it'll show you what a real one looks like, and you can use that and compare it when you're looking at other ones. The other uh, thing you can do to spot it is by the how clean the angles are on the end because the fake ones will have some rounding uh on on the on the lines on some some axis points where different lines meet um but the real ones they're very crisp uh they're very sharp angles um and also I, I can't remember exactly what the measurement is on the end but the end is a certain uh length down the the controller and I can't remember exactly what that is and the end is also you know a certain length itself and it's got to be exact and it, I mean even if it's just like half a millimeter over that means it's fake because they're all exactly the same um so there's a lot of different things you can do to tell but those those would be uh my three or four suggestions Okay, well, that's good to know for everybody out there who might have been looking at one or is going to look at one to know kind of what to watch out for. Absolutely, because uh, three of them uh, of the fake ones I've run into on Instagram. Oh, interesting. uh, Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And one of the guys actually told me, he was like, hey, I'm pretty sure this is fake, but, you know, you can still, you know, check it out if you want. So, um, yeah, and then I saw one on eBay that was fake, and it, it only sold for like 300 bucks, which even more so told me it was fake because I've heard of those things going for over a thousand. Yeah. That's amazing to me how expensive some N64 controllers can be because of a sticker. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I mean, you know, obviously the story behind it's really cool. You know, you went to the E3, you took part in the Star Fox competition. And if you, you know, won, you got the controller. That's really awesome. Yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. The story is neat. But it just uh, it amazes me. Just I guess I didn't realize because, you know, like an NES controller is pretty much an NES controller. Right. And they're they are what they are. But it really blew my mind that the whole scope there is for N64 because it wasn't something that, you know, I started out collecting. It, It became something that I always loved playing and started collecting. So it's certainly a learning process for me. And it's interesting to see the things you post and hearing about some of the things because there's certainly things that I haven't heard of. So it's kind of cool to, to hear about things that I might not have heard of if not. Oh yeah, absolutely. That's one of the great things about Instagram is that, you know, you, you think that you know a lot and you know, you, you might know a lot, but then, you know, you meet someone else who knows just all these things that you never even have heard of. And you're like, it's, I mean, that's the beauty of Instagram, especially with, with with collecting is that you just meet so many people from so many different walks who have had different experiences and seen different items and it's just really really it's really neat yeah no i really like uh, instagram i think it's a great community for being able to connect with people and i find that most of my experiences i've had have been really good and i really like being able to see how everybody's built their collection and especially people who specialize in different things because they're like i said things i haven't seen or just a different way of doing it Oh, absolutely, yeah. Yep, yeah, I agree. Instagram is, is great because, you know, if a picture is truly worth a thousand words, you just, it's all pictures, right? You know, you don't have to, to waste time trying to describe something or, you know, prove something. You just, bam, picture, there it is. 
Yeah, which is really cool. Like, um, and I, I think even like when I think before we started the podcast and looking at through your Instagram, Johnny, and just being like blown away by all of the different systems you collect for it. It's, it, it's true. You could tell me all of that, but it wouldn't be the same. Right. Yeah. There, it definitely has a, a different impact on, um, when we talked to Steve, he talked about when he came over, I, I'm numb to it because I, you know, I'm kind of surrounded by it. It's like when you have a, a dog or as a puppy or a baby, you know, it, you're like, Oh yeah, I get it. this thing has grown, but, um, you know, you don't really notice it. And then all of a sudden when I think about it, I'm surrounded. Like, I'm like, where do I put <laughs> things now? And, you know, it, sometimes it's a little, it's awesome, but maybe a little overwhelming at times. I'm like, yeah, I need more room. And when we bought this house like three years ago, I was like, this is the perfect size. I won't need any more room than this. I couldn't possibly. F- and now I'm like, shit, where do I put things? Yeah, famous last <laughs> words. Right? There's never enough friggin' room. Nope. I, I have designed, like I, I drew a layout for my wife of what I, my ideal game room would look like and for me it's not really a game room it's an office i don't like to have uh, i like to have my games in my office while i work and have things around me but i don't necessarily want a wall of games around me while i play games i know people might think that's weird but i like when i watch tv or a movie or anything it looks pretty sparse right there's nothing around the tv there's nothing I don't want anything shiny to distract me, pretty much is how it goes. <laughs> okay, fair so, enough. That's, yeah. that's an interesting way of putting it. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, I it is true. Like, you know, also, video games are hard to color organize. So, and if if the living room and your game room happen to be, like, the same place, then, you know, like, who want, I don't want my guests to come over and have to sit in that and be like, hey, this is all my my child things. I'm a 37-year-old adult. I promise. <laughs> you know, so I like to keep it in my office where it's a little a little more restricted. But, yeah, I, I do have uh, a design. I, I've got it laid out where it would be, like, within my theater room, but, like, kind of a, a separate room off my theater room. So, okay, so you have a master plan someday. Yeah, I do. I, I have the dimensions, and I have measured out to all the systems that it would fit exactly. Of course you have. Yeah, well, I'm a, I'm that way. I'm a little no. retentive. That's, that's it's fine. okay. You're allowed to be organized. I, I could probably use to be a little bit more organized, but and we'll see. Maybe someday. <laughs> you know, some would call this a sickness. So it's probably better that you're less organized than I am. That That is probably you are erring on the side of caution. Yeah, well, that's good. I have a relatively good idea of everything that's in my game room, if I, not off the top of my head, but definitely through, like, apps and stuff like that. But there's definitely the odd time I've gone in there and been like, oh, I didn't know I had that. Yeah. Well, that, that brings us to a question for you, Justin. How do you – because you have a lot of stuff, too. How do you keep track of it all? Uh, well – it's it's a little easier for me because I really only collect for one system. I mean, I've got, you know, roughly 30 PlayStation 1 games and everything, but uh, I I don't have just a room solely for my, my gaming stuff. All the stuff that you see on Instagram, that's all in my bedroom. All right, I, I don't, yeah, I don't have, unfortunately, just a room for my stuff yet. Um when I graduate from from college and uh, get a, a, a bigger place, then I will have a room solely for my stuff. But to answer that, I mean, I've just got I've got all my stuff on three shelves, you know. So I pile it high, I stack, you know. Um, I've got my games in alphabetical order. So um, and actually, I just got some top labels in uh, for literally all 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 games. I've got I've got top labels for the uh, whole um 290 296 for ntsc and then i've got all pal and japanese exclusive labels also so that'll make everything a lot easier um to keep track of because somehow my games have managed to get all out of order after i went through the trouble to put them in alphabetical order i swear to god my girlfriend is is messing with me i i don't know (laughs) Uh, no, I mean because like I'll, I'll go to find like like Pokemon Snap and like Pokemon um, 
like, you know, Pokemon Stadium will be under it. You know, Pokemon Stadium 2 is under it. So I'm like, oh, okay, well, then it should be right on top of Pokemon Stadium. And then it's like Ken Griffey Jr. is on top of Pokemon Stadium. And I'm like, what is happening? I mean, it's just, it's, it's really, it's really bizarre. And I don't know how it's happening. Uh, it's happened to me about 10 times now where games are just not where they're supposed to be. Oh, that happens to me too. Like I, it, and the sad thing is, is it's got to be either me or John. So I'm going to blame it on John. <laughs> but you also have a ton of accessories. So like, and I don't really do accessories because I find accessories frightening and like the box sizes are all too random so that's what like how do you keep track of all that like do, do you have your collection written down at all like or do you just know pretty much what you got and what you're going for yeah no i mean you know everything's in plain sight um so I, you know i don't have anything behind anything else i mean i can look around my room and see everything that i have you know and uh all my accessories are on display the only thing that I don't totally know what I have is manuals because I've got a lot of childhood Nintendo 64 and uh, Super Nintendo manuals. Um, they're kind of down just on the floor on the bottom of my green shelf where I keep all my uh, Hori pads and uh, third-party controllers. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, like all my memory cards and rumble packs, I think I've got uh, about 15 rumble packs, 15 memory cards. They're just all, you know, displayed on the shelf. So um you know, it's not uh, it's not really difficult for me to know the majority of, of what I have, like I said, because it's just all in plain sight. Fair enough. I, I have a follow up too. Um, how do you feel about the uh, Hori Pad? Do you like it? Oh, it's hands down the best controller for the Nintendo 64, uh, bar none. Uh, okay. I don't. Yeah, I, I don't have one. I don't own one of those. I, I have one for the Wii. Of uh, the classic Super Nintendo one for, but I don't have uh, one for the GameCube, and I keep looking at them, and I, I wanted to kind of get in box, but like the box I've seen is kind of like a Japanese import box, and it's kind of cheap looking, yeah. so I was like, well, maybe yeah. I'll just buy it out of the box. Yeah, um, I, I would highly recommend them. Uh, the only time that it's not good is when it's a game where you really need to use the D-pad. Okay. Um, because the D-pad's in a weird spot. Um, the way that this controller's set up, it's got the dual grips instead of three. Your hands go on both sides, and you've got a, a GameCube-style joystick, except it's about twice as big. Yeah, well, it looks reminiscent of a Dreamcast controller. Or the uh, or the 3D Sega Saturn controller. Yeah, yeah, it's it's very similar, but this, to me, is, is more comfortable. Uh even though I've got I've got huge hands and this thing is tiny, it's it's a small controller. But uh, that's um, right up my alley because I have like tiny tiny little hands. <laughs> yeah, and, and like I said, since it's since it's a GameCube style stick, it'll never wear out. You know, it's it's not like the, the Nintendo 64 OEM controller where you know it uh, rubs away at that plastic inside that you know gyroscope kind of thing that it's got going on, and eventually it just you know, wears the plastic down and wears out. This would never do that. Um, so I highly, highly recommend it. Awesome. All right. So we are we're going to start closing the podcast down. So maybe we should get into the questions we uh, like to answer at every every podcast. And that is, what are you playing and what have you bought? So we'll go ahead and we'll start with you, Justin, since you're our guest. What have you been playing lately? Recently, just played about a month ago. I played The Last of Us remastered. An um, excellent choice. Yes, I it's it made its way into my top five all, all time. It's just it's phenomenal. I played Assassin's Creed Syndicate, which is the newest one, and um, you know it just didn't really do it for me. I mean, it's a good game, uh, and the the DLC that they're putting out is pretty decent, but uh, overall, it's not one of my favorite Assassin's Creed games. Oh yeah. Um, the only other um, two games I've been playing recently, I got a Wii U for Christmas, so I've been on Mario Kart 8 quite a bit, and I absolutely love it. It's just fantastic. I think Mario Kart 8 is amazing. Oh, I, I mean, it, it's it's incredible. It, it really is. It's just uh, a triumph of the creativity of Nintendo. It's it just, you know, it, it blows my mind. And beyond that, I recently just beat uh, Sin and Punishment for the Nintendo 64 okay. for the first time. The, the uh, import? Ne- yes, the, the Japanese import. Have either one of you played it? I haven't. I have, yes. Okay, yeah. Kat, you, you need to do yourself a favor and uh, 
go ahead and buy that. Um, it's it's worth getting CIB because CIB it's about forty five and card only. You're still looking at you know thirty to thirty five, so it's worth the extra fifteen to go ahead and get it CIB. But it's uh it's made by Treasure, which has done a lot of cool stuff. Um, Ikaruga. Yes, yes, Ikaruga. But it's it's a rail shooter like Star Fox. It's basically a three D shmup, you know, and graphically the how smooth the gameplay is just the the overall experience you get playing the game is unlike any other game for the 64 it's it's uh it's in my top three for the console absolutely um and depending on the day it it could be my number one that's how good it is but don't try to understand it cat if if you get it uh and for any for any of you listening if you get Sin and Punishment, don't try to understand what's happening, because you won't. Um, the game is all in English, uh, surprisingly, since it's only it was only a Japanese release, but the storyline makes absolutely no sense. Every level is completely different from the next. And, um, you know, there's this whole long, you know, ending sequence, which in which they try to explain the whole story, but it still makes no sense. But it's a fantastic game, so I So it's a play, it. and just, just don't think too much into it. Just play it and enjoy it. Yep, yep, play it and just shoot as many things as you can. Good enough. I can add that to my list. I'm always looking for something new. Yeah, it's a good one. And Kat, what are you playing? Um, I, because I thought we might talk a little bit about N64, played some Mario Kart earlier. Suck up. No, I... I I love Mario Kart. That's kind of like my go-to when I just want to sit there and not really think. It's it's still one of my favorites. I've got a lot of childhood memories with it, so uh, I figured it would be a good one. I, I, there's so many N64 games I haven't played that I feel like I need to start picking things that maybe I'm not so familiar with now. Yeah, well, your library is good enough that you can you can go past what you've been playing for the last 15 years. Oh, come on. I like that. <laughs> I, I say that, but you'll we'll we'll get a good laugh when I say what I'm playing. Oh, I know what you're playing. I'm sure. What are you playing, Johnny? I'm not playing pinball. Oh, okay. I played a lot of pinball over the weekend, though. I went to a pinball expo. Yeah. So, and I I did spend a good chunk of uh, last night looking at virtual pinball machines, thinking of how I'm going to get one and where I will put it. And Wait, how, what is a vir- I'm, I'm sorry. I'm oh. sorry. Go ahead. Oh, no. You want to know what a virtual pin is? I do. Okay. So uh, it, it's just like a regular pinball machine, except instead of having the guts of a pinball machine, it has like an LCD or a plasma TV there, and it has a computer built in underneath. And where the back glass would be, you have a, a monitor as well that simulates the the DMD, which is the dot matrix display, you know, that put your score up and stuff. Um and it simulate also simulates the back glass. Some of them have a physical DMD in there and, and a monitor. Some of them have a monitor up top that do double duty. And basically, it's a, a MAME cabinet for pinball machines. Oh, wow. I need to YouTube that and check those out. It sounds oh, yeah. awesome. It's awesome. And, and they also play, like, if you have a Steam account, you can load it in. And um, if you ever played pinball arcade on uh, PS4 or anything or any of those, like, virtual pins that are on uh, PlayStation... You can, or, you know, PlayStation, Xbox, wherever you, there, it's everywhere, even on your iPhone or uh, Android phone, you can play this pinball arcade, which is all the classic machines. You can play those there, too. And when you think about, you know, like, if you want to play Medieval Madness, is the most expensive pinball machine, it's like 10K, and it's very popular, and it's it's a lot of fun. Right. Even cheap pinball machines are like 2,500, and then, like, a good one that is popular is like 5,000 or 8,000. So if you can get a a virtual machine for like 4,000, then, you know, you have access to all of those. So then if you're not playing pinball, what, what are, what are you playing outside of the world of pinball? uh, Oh, I'm playing Metroid zero mission. Okay. So, which is just a remake of the original Metroid with some extra stuff in there. And Metroid is a game I've played, you know, I've probably beat Metroid 30 or 40 times. I used to just play it a lot as a kid. I used to speed run Metroid when I was a child before I knew what speed running was. Before I was just like, how fast can I do this? How how many times can I how can I do it with no energy tanks? How many missiles do I absolutely need? Like I used to used to jam Metroid a lot. So for me, 
saying, oh, yeah, you're still playing this game 15 years ago, you'd be like, oh, are you still playing that game from, like, 30 years ago? And the answer is yes. Yes, I am. See, my 15 years doesn't seem so bad then. Oh, yeah, no, that's fine. But that's fine. you should go play Sin and Punishment. Or you should go get yourself a Wii U and go play Mario Kart 8 because it has a lot of the classic N64 tracks in there made beautiful. Yes, it does. Yeah, it's good. We have a Wii U and we have that. Yeah, we play. I always beat John, so he won't play with me. <laughs> yeah, my, you know, when I first started dating my wife, it was in the GameCube era, and she was like, oh, I like to play games. I like Mario Kart, and Mario Kart Double Dash had just come out, so I bought it, and I was like, okay, well, we'll play some Double Dash. She's like, yeah, I used to play a lot on the N64. I love that game. I was like, okay, whatever. Haven't really ever seen her pick up a controller or anything. Yeah, she whipped my ass, like, unequivocally. <laughs> And then uh, I won't play with her now because she is, like, the nicest person you can meet. She's super sweet. Uh, If anybody dislikes my wife, it is definitely a problem with them and not her. That's pretty much, like, (laughs) standard knowledge. Like, you know, she's just a super likable, nice, caring person. And then, like, when we play Mario Kart, she's just, like, the worst. (laughs) I, I, I want you to know, like, I was going for, I was getting gold on all the cups trying to unlock Mirror. And we were playing together, and I'm like, Carly, it's cool. We're helping each other. Like, even you know, you keep if you finish second, then I, you know, or I finish second, we're we're still gonna we're gonna get this. We're gonna win the cup. And she was having a rough time on Rainbow Road, and she knew I was about to cross the finish line. She blue shelled me. I said, <laughs> I look, I'm like, don't do it. Like, why would you? Like, and mind you, when you play Mario Kart, you guys know you have to invest a bunch of time to get there. You know, like four cups or four, four or five tracks in, and then all the time each one of those took. So it's not just like I can re-race it. You finish and oh, yeah. yeah, she blue shelled me. It put me back half the track because it knocked me off the track, and I came in eighth place. And I missed, we missed getting the because I came in eighth. It was the only place I couldn't finish. We missed mm. it by one gold coin. Oh, that oh, is one, unfortunate. I was like, what is wrong with you? And she just laughs, and to this day, she thinks it's funny. I'm like, I don't want to play Mario Kart with you. But Mario Kart 8, she's like, I promise I'll be nice, and I'm still like, I flinch a little bit like someone who's been been hit a lot. So, yeah, and you wouldn't expect that from my wife. Oh, well, I guess everybody can be a little bit different when they play video games. I know people who are certainly like that, so I can see that. Yeah, well, I mean, she. it's not like I haven't watched her play Mario Kart with other people, and totally fine. Just me. She just loves to... Like something like if we play cards too, uh, suddenly she's a shark until like an Uno or something. She's a shark until she gets me out, and then she doesn't care, and then she can just have fun. I'm like, uh, yeah, uh, like a weird, nasty competitive streak in her in these two arenas only. Oh and well, that's o- interesting. And only to punish me, and I'm just like, I thought we were in love. <laughs> <laughs> Except for those two areas. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. You're not in love there. No, she's she's branded me the enemy well that's something i didn't know <laughs> yep that's that's an exclusive to this podcast and except for all the people who've been in the living room and and watched it unfold <laughs> and, she, and she like i said she just laughs she's so proud of herself when she does it and honestly i'm a little bit glad she's like that well i mean we well i mean uh, video games are a good way to see people's flaws but yeah i, I certainly understand that there are people that are really nice and then they play games and i'm like i don't want to be around you <laughs> oh yeah yeah v- video games and slow internet are the way to see people's real side yeah, yeah. well I, and like i said my uh, she can play with anyone else like i said it's just me she just likes to beat me which i can respect i'm a super competitive person so if she didn't try to beat me all the time i, I wouldn't respect that I, yeah you know i play games like kind of competitively i used to be very competitive you know in sports when i was younger so yeah i I respect that side of her even though i i think it's funny that she just gets me but yeah i wouldn't like it if she she went easy on me or something and uh, i love the fact that she beat me uh right out of the gate the first time we played mario kart that's awesome yeah took me down a notch Oh, well, yeah, because I, I think when people are big collectors and they play video games with somebody who doesn't play video games, just, you just expect you're going to win? Well, I, I was not a collector then. This was before I started collecting. This oh, was that's 2004. true, right? Just, yeah, we were just, we were newly dating. 
Okay. Well, even still, with you playing probably more games, I think oh. we still have that expectation. We're like, we're so good. Oh yeah. Well, I mean, back then I was, I thought I was a better gamer than than I am now because now I'm like, I don't play that much, and you know, when I when I get a chance, and you know, but young and just in school or whatever, you know, shirking off responsibilities because I was you know young twenties. Like, who gives a shit? Do whatever I want. Play video games all night. Uh, I thought I was really good. Now, now I'm I'm terrible at video games. I'm like, I like I like to have fun with video games. That's how I am now. I'm not <laughs> trying to, I'm not trying to be competitive. If it works, that's all that matters. All right, and we'll close it with, what have we bought? Cat, we'll go to you this time. What have you bought? Recently? Sculptor's cut. Sculptor's cut. We did talk about that. Yeah. That, that's a good one. That's it. Nothing else interesting. <laughs> oh, well, that's a pretty good one, and. Justin, you said you got a new gamepad, but did you buy anything else recently? Uh, I bought... Um, I've, I've recently... It's not video games, but I started getting into collecting pop figures a little bit. So um, I've, been buying, I've been buying some of those, just things that uh, meant something to me from childhood. But other than that, it's been just uh, Japanese exclusives, PAL exclusives, and ASCII controller pads. What about you, Johnny? Any good additions? Um, nothing super exciting. I, I bought Metal Slug, uh, for the GBA and also for the Wii. Okay. Oh, awesome. Yeah. I was like, I don't really have that much Metal Slug in my life and I figured I should repair that immediately. (laughs) So you went out and you got that handled. Yep. Just, just handled it. So. All right, that's going to do it for the show tonight. Thank you, everyone, for listening. And, Justin, hey, thank you very much for being on. Why don't you tell our listeners where they can find you on Instagram? Yeah, you can find me on Instagram at theycallmesolo. Just four words, theycallmesolo. And, guys, I really appreciate you having me on. It was an honor to be on with two great collectors such as yourselves. Well, it was great to hear all about your collection, and I certainly learned a lot, which was really interesting. I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing what you add now to your already pretty awesome N64 collection. I appreciate it, and I'm looking forward to you completing yours. Uh, it'll come someday. Yeah, wait, like, you'll be done within a year. Probably, oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. but that's yeah. still a ways away. Yeah, and again... Thank you, and uh, we, we do appreciate you coming on. Kat, where do we find you on Instagram? You can find me at Catsylvania, K-A-T-S-E-L-V-A-N-I-A. And I'm Johnny, J-O-H-N-N-Y underscore I-U-C-C-I. And you can also find my blog at GameOverJohnny.com. Thanks again, everybody. You have a nice night. <laughs>